Lord God, please bless the preaching of your word now we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, I am going to try to be a little more brief this morning in preaching the word, but I do want to, um, obviously we're taking a week out, stepping out of our psalm series, our summer psalm series, and to preach, I feel like my desire is to help us process a little bit um, all these announcements that we just made. So that's why we're preaching in Matthew 9. And it is, um, as we come to the text for us, it is a sad, glad day. Like it's, it's appropriate. This is on the short list of difficult days for me at Trinity, what we just heard. And yet this is on the short list of joyful days for me at Trinity. It should be both. It should be both. If you're here and you're sad with that announcement, can I just say, you should be. You should be. It's appropriate. It's appropriate to fight back tears. Um, These are friends that we have walked with for many, many years. Alex has been on staff 14 years, as he mentioned. They've been here 20 years, and they're leaving hurts. The way Kim's been referencing it the past few weeks is I feel like I'm getting my arm cut off. It hurts to get your arm cut off. That's how we feel. And that's appropriate. If we didn't feel that way, something's not right. (laughs) Like there should be tears. It represents the love and care and relationships that we have. And there should be joy. There should be gladness. As we fight through the tears, you should be, there should be a sense in our hearts of excitement for the announcement. Because dear friends that we love, that we're fighting back tears, are leaving to lead a church with the convictions you know this man brings with him. (laughs) And so, 
So I'm so glad. I'm so glad because it's so easy for us just to be not kingdom focused. It's so easy to focus on our little kingdoms. And so when you think of the kingdom and what's taking place today, oh my goodness, Lord, thank you. You have raised up a man for many, many years for a body of believers, for the sake of your kingdom, for the advancement of your church. And so I'm glad. Alex goes with a conviction to preach God's word. I was part of previous conversations with another church that was considering, we're walking through and, and he was being asked, I think we've slightly referenced this before. He was being asked, well, give us your vision for the church. And Alex leaned forward and said, it's to preach God's word. Amen. And they didn't really, that wasn't exciting enough. They wanted more. They wanted something with some zip to it. And so they asked some more questions about, well, what's your vision? Well, it's to faithfully preach God's word. This is how we're going to build this church. Um, if you take me as your pastor, they didn't take him. <laughs> it's a holy moment to be there. Um, that's, what, uh, that's what we're sending. And... If your heart is for gospel, if your heart is for kingdom, then yeah, it's a sad, glad day. So to help us process some of that from Matthew 9, I believe that to some degree, Matthew 9 informs this announcement this morning. It drives this announcement this morning. Um, Verses 35 through 38 is a bit of a summary for chapter 9. It gives us a snapshot of a life a day in the life of Jesus and his disciples. And so you got all these little vignettes, these different pictures of episodes taking place. And it's one thing from the next to the next. And we can't unpack all of the chapter, but let's look again at verse 35. And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And so just that idea of proclaiming, Jesus went and he proclaimed, he taught, he unpacked the gospel of the kingdom. So just, just think with me, um, we are to be followers of Christ. He, he is our example. Um, we, we follow in his footsteps. We seek to live our lives looking at his life and in particular for, for Alex as he will pastor these people, um, proclaiming, not opinions, not ideas. That's not what we're going to do here. That's not what Alex will do there. We proclaim the gospel, meaning if you're new, the gospel, it means the good news. Well, what's the good news? It's that Jesus came and lived and died and rose, ascended, sent his spirit, will return again. Praise be to God. We have the good news. We get to proclaim, all of us do, get to proclaim good news. It's not 
The, the, the good news is not our opinions. The good news is not our politic. The good news is not our this or that or whatever opinion on what's going on in culture today. The good news is that Jesus has come and he died for our sins. He has atoned for our sins. We've been made right in Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. This is what we proclaim. And I'm very excited that's what crosswalk gets. <laughs> that will continue here. That's what crosswalk gets. It's a sad, glad day. But he came and he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. And just that idea of we can be so self or small kingdom minded, right? It's a constant, constant temptation for us. Praise be to God. We live in the kingdom of God. We belong to another kingdom. Love my country. You guys know that. I've said this many times. I'm an American. I love my country. I love the Constitution. It's not the Bible. This country is not my forever home. I'm a citizen of America, but I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's my greater identity. That's my greater belonging. And so here we have, he's, he's proclaiming the gospel of, of the kingdom. And I, and I do want to challenge us and encourage us. Do you know that you belong to a greater kingdom with a king? You believe in a monarchy. King Jesus, not your president. King Jesus is who you belong to. And that's the good news of the kingdom. Well, to say all that is to understand that places a claim on our lives. Our lives are not our own. You were bought with a price. The price was the blood of Jesus. We will be celebrating that in a few moments in communion. You were purchased. You were bought. Your life is not your own. Alex and Melinda's life is not their own. It's true for all of us, but we settle, we get comfortable. It's a helpful announcement this morning for Trinity because of that, because we settle, we get so comfortable. And so we've got to inform our hearts what a joy this morning's announcement is. Now, I'm not trying to spin things. That's just the understanding of the gospel of the kingdom. If you understand what we're talking about here, then you would have to go through tears because I'm also not trying to say, put a happy face on. Through the tears, it's joy because of the mission God has placed and the claim that the gospel places on our, on our lives. So we've got to inform our hearts to be glad in the midst of the tears. We've got to inform our hearts that we want to be part of of more proclamation. Trinity exists to proclaim, grow, treasure, Christ, right? We want to proclaim more. This gives us an opportunity to proclaim more in our community. Amen. And I'm excited about that. Do you want Trinity to have more influence over our communities? If the answer is yes, which I assume it is, then let's cry. And let's be glad because God is doing that.
because more, not less, kingdom proclamation is happening in our city. So many of us have been praying for that. We just didn't think he would answer that in this way. God moved somebody in from North Dakota. But don't take Alex and Melinda. (laughs) You know, right? We pray for these things, and yet we also have a box of how we want God to answer those things. And God likes to crush our box. Let's pray that this isn't the last time you hear an announcement like you just heard. We need to hear these announcements more, not less. Oh, that God would bless Trinity in such a way that we could make more sad, glad announcements in the future. So Jesus came proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And then verse 36, let's look at his, he sees and he cares. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So, yeah, more, more thoughts than time. So limit yourself to him. So see and care. Uh, are you a believer in Jesus Christ this morning? If, if yes, then here's the backstory to your salvation. He saw you in the crowds and he cared for you. I love it when you're reading through the gospels And you come to places where he sees and then he cares. He pours out his compassion on people. And I hope you can crawl into that page. Because he's done that for you. And I believe he's doing that for others in our city as well in this announcement. Can I have a moment of honesty with us? Do you see the crowds. And, I'm, and, and, and I said that, do you, but my notes say, do I, slash you, see the crowds. Do I. Is Trinity a seeing church? Do you see the crowds and then do they move you to compassion? Because it's easy to say, yeah, we have compassion, But I believe if we're seeing the crowds and then if we have compassion, then we will welcome this announcement. It's a sad, glad day because there are crowds. And I love how he says, it says here, like sheep without a shepherd. I'm aware that we can easily, I can easily go about my day seeing a lot of people without seeing anybody. You understand? You as well. We can go about doing what we do, not seeing individuals. And when we don't see them, we don't have compassion. Picture on the screen is taken right off the balcony of one 
Juan's balcony, Juan and Angie's, Angie's balcony, and um, you're looking into Berenquia. You can see, well, I mean, it's probably blurry f- from where you're at, but the, the city just gets packed. They're on the outskirts of Berenquia. Uh, over two million people get really packed in there. And so had the experience of driving in the car, you know, like the, the up-close lens, and seeing the people, the masses of people, the craziness of driving in Barranquilla, the um, ink, ink of horns everywhere you go all day long, um, and they're on the outskirts. And so you stand on that, and you don't, you see some people down below his balcony there, but you don't see the mass of people. But you just got out of the car, out of there, and you, you know the, that mass of people is there. And just a couple different times standing on the balcony, just uh, just beginning to pray for people and really overwhelmed, overwhelmed at the mass of people, the great need. And perhaps the Lord just moving my heart to have compassion. Uh, to see them and begin to pray for them and realizing, wow, we've got, in Grace Partnership, we've got nine little churches in this enormous crowd of people. Gratefully, that's not the only gospel preaching churches, but it's overwhelming. Jesus not only saw the crowds, but he felt the crowds. He had compassion for the crowds. It moved him. He had compassion for the people, meaning he didn't just see them. He cared about them and for them. It's interesting, the chapter begins, if you look back, verse two, and behold, it means look. (laughs) And then if you just read through the chapter, how much has to do with looking Verse 2 again, Jesus saw their faith. Um, Verse 8, when the crowds saw it, what Christ had done. Verse 9, he saw a man called Matthew. Verse 11, the Pharisees see, they see something different. It says the Pharisees saw Jesus reclining with sinners. And they're, they're, uh, that's disgusting to them. Jesus saw, it says in verse 22, the woman with the issue of blood, and he healed her. Verses 27 through 32, Jesus heals, interesting enough, two blind men, two individuals who can't see. Look at verse 30, and their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, see see that no one knows about it, but they went away and spread his fame throughout all the district. Verse 32 again, and behold, a demon oppressed man. And then in verse 33, the Pharisees again, and when the, um, let's see, verse 33, no, verse 34. But the Pharisees said he casts out demons by the prince of demons. Here's the question for us in chapter nine, who can't see? Because we would think, well, it's the, it's the blind people. They can't see, and physically they can't, and Jesus heals them. But actually, the, 
the persons or the peoples that can't see in this chapter is actually the Pharisees, not the blind people. The blind people are made well. The Pharisees continue to reject Christ and they're the ones that are blind. We are all in danger of being the Pharisee. Religious activity can wow us. Look at all the activity. Look at all the dust that's being kicked up by all the activity. And yet we can lack a heart for people. Jesus says that the people are like a sheep without a shepherd. And that's what Phariseeism does. The Pharisees were supposed to be a shepherd to the people. But they didn't care. Trinity, we want to be a church that not only sees people, but cares for people. And so, we're sending one of our shepherds to go care for and pastor these sheep. And so we pray, God help us on this sad, glad day. Verse 37 plentiful and few. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful. And I just, again, asking questions of us this morning and asking the question of myself, do we believe this? Is the harvest plentiful? Wait, what? But the laborers are few, meaning there's plenty of opportunity, meaning the problem here is not that there's a lack of harvest. There's plenty of harvest. That's not the problem. The problem is the laborers. (laughs) And so you've got this big harvest, but we don't have people to harvest the harvest. And so the thing that Jesus calls us to pray for, he he doesn't say pray for the harvest. That's already taken care of. There's plenty. There's an abundance of harvest. He says pray for the laborers. Why? Because there's a lack of labor. Hmm. Now, of course, we all think, well, we'll pray for laborers because we're laboring. And we need to ask, are we? I believe the text speaks to us, church. Because the harvest is so abundant and so plentiful, Jesus is saying, It's so abundant, there's just not enough laborers. Do you believe this, or are we blind to it? Are we the Pharisee in all of our religious activity? Tough questions. Here's a way I can be blind. Sometimes I see evangelistic things that might take place, you know, walking somewhere, street corner. I'm not a big fan of street corner evangelism, bullhorn, shouting at people across the street to repent. My preference would be, hey, can we do coffee? Can we sit down? Can we talk? Can we build a relationship? Can we hear each other's hearts? But here's, here's where I can be blind. I can hide behind the fact 
that I don't like the way some people evangelize badly, maybe I would say, and bring reproach to Christ's name. And so I don't do it at all. It's easy to say he or she isn't doing evangelism the way I think it should be done. And we have to ask, are we doing evangelism? Or are we just hiding behind that? Are we sharing the gospel? Not just, I invite you to church, but sharing the gospel with lost people. We have to ask that question. Or are we just seeing the crowds and we lack compassion? Number four, he says in light of that, verse 38, therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Therefore, so here's the problem, right? Or here's not the problem. The harvest is not the problem. Here's the problem. The laborers, we're lacking laborers. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. I just want to thank those who regularly come to our morning prayer meeting. Just a common thing is to just pray. Pray for the lost. Pray for laborers. God, help us. Help us. Here's two thoughts. I believe we've prayed this prayer as a church and we'll continue to do so. Two thoughts about it. When we pray this, we've got to realize that we're praying for ourselves, <laughs> right? Like we got to realize we don't want to put ourselves on the equation. Yes, God, raise up more people like us laboring out there, getting it all done. And we're praying for ourselves when we pray this. To me, I find it to be a bit of a funny text because when Jesus calls his disciples to pray, who do they think they're praying for? We have this no-faced person, you know, when we pray for laborers. We just got this blank. Somebody who's doing maybe a little less than I am. Maybe I'm praying for that person, right? Like, what is that? We're praying for our own hearts that we would be aware that we would not only see people, but we would be moved to compassion like we see in our Lord. The second thing, second thought, is we've got to realize that this announcement that we've made this morning, okay, first of all, it's we're praying for ourselves. Second of all, we got to recognize God has answered our prayer. Ah, but not the way, right? Like, we just want to control things. It's his kingdom. Ah, God is answering our prayers. This is, a, this is a praise God celebration moment. We've been praying this for years, and God says, okay, here. It's amazing. So I want to join with Alex in what he shared earlier but I want to ask you, will you pray? Will you pray about going? 
Will you pray about staying? I believe, as Thinky was mentioning, but the Lord has already placed on some of your hearts, perhaps, to go. Will you pray and would you have conversations with them starting in about 10 minutes? (laughs) We want to send out laborers. And so if you have a heart, that would just be, oh, man, let's do some of that scars and struggles thing together. Let's do it. Let's go. We want to support you in that. We would thank the Lord for for the Lord putting that on your hearts to go because of everything we've already said. And so, Lord, send out laborers. And so we pray for the Bowmans and Crosswalk. And we pray for Trinity. And we pray for Metro um, and the Muscosos. We pray for our cities. And we say, Lord, do more, not less, of what these three churches are announcing today. And do that across the world. Do that across our country. Do that across our county. Yes, it's appropriate to be sad this morning, but in the middle of the sadness, if you're informed by the gospel of the kingdom that we proclaim, then you'll also be glad. So if I could have the worship team join me. If you don't have communion elements, I should have mentioned this when I started, but we have some elements over here and in the back, back there, please. If you have young children, please parent your children. This is not juice. This is not a snack. This is Holy Communion to the Lord. If you are an unbeliever here with us this morning, you're not a follower of Christ, it'd be inappropriate for you to receive communion. Please, just, if you've got elements, just leave them there in the seat. It's fine. This is Holy Communion. This is something that we do. Well, we do it to proclaim. We're told by Paul to the Corinthians that as often as you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So I just felt it'd be appropriate because this text that we preach this morning, that Christ came proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Well, we're proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom right here in this communion together. So Paul to the Corinthians says in Corinthians 11, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. God, we thank you. What we hold in our hands right here, this little wafer, this little thing that outside of this moment is completely insignificant and meaningless, has all sorts of meaning for our lives and hearts this morning. Lord, this wafer represents your body broken on our behalf. Lord, we hold this proclaiming your death until you return. And so God, we lift our voices and we say thank you for your broken body, broken on our behalf. This little wafer, church, makes a claim on our life to the praise of our 
God. Let's take this together. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As you take this cup together, we're proclaiming Christ's death till he returns. Let's take together. Amen. Would you stand with me and let's lift our voices and sing to the Lord on this sad, glad day.